Hello all sentient beings and welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode where we talk all news, comics, and media related to the... On this special episode of Transmissions Alt Mode, we sit down with Brian Ruckley, writer of the new Transformers comic book series from IDW. We explore his approach to rebooting the Transformers universe and what he's got in store for the reimagining of our favorite Autobots and Decepticons. So sit back and enjoy the beginning of a bold new era on this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions, the podcast that hasn't picked an alt mode yet. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hello, how you doing? And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, what's happening? Let's talk Transformers. All right, and this is a very special episode because we are doing a really special interview. We're pleased to welcome Mr. Brian Ruckley to join us on Transmissions. Brian is the writer of the new Transformers comic series from IDW starting this March 2019. Brian is an author of several fantasy novels and other comics from IDW set in the Rogue Trooper and Highlander worlds. Now he embarks on architecting the newest iteration of the Transformers universe in comic form. Thank you, Brian, for sitting down with us today. That's my pleasure. No problem at all. Yeah, it's a, this is a, this is, is an interesting feeling for us because it's, it's not every day that the Transformers uh, universe gets rebooted. So uh, we're curious to talk to, to the person behind that. Well, yeah, imagine what an interesting feeling it is for the writer who's having to do the rebooting. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we can start off just by uh, getting to know you a little bit. So can you tell us, uh, you know, just a little bit about yourself and what you did before becoming an author? Oh, wow. Um, before I was a writer, I um, I spent about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years working mostly actually in sort of environmental nature conservation type jobs. Um, my background was quite uh, sciencey, and I went in an environmental direction with that. Um, and to be honest, if I hadn't, uh, if the writing thing hadn't worked, I would have been quite happy to carry on with that in a lot of ways, really. Um, but, you know, the writing was always there as something that uh, – was at the, at least at the back of my mind as something I wanted to do. And it eventually I just got lucky, I guess you say, and it worked. So I, uh, I haven't had a proper job in a little while. Oh, cool. Well, how, how did you get into first get into writing professionally? I, um, I'm one of those really irritating people who, um, I wrote a couple of short stories and I sold a couple of short stories over the years. Um, and I was always thinking about it and I eventually just reached the point where I thought, um, okay, if I don't, if I don't give this novel thing a go, I'm never going to, uh, actually be able to stop thinking about it sort of thing. So I wrote a novel as, as you do at that point in my spare time and weekends and everything. And, just sent it off to some agents and got picked up by uh, one of the first agents I sent it to and they started sending it around publishers and I was lucky enough to get picked up by one of the first few publishers they sent it to. So to be honest, it sounds terrible, but it was a relatively, <clears throat> excuse me, relatively painless experience from my point of view. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, it's, uh, I, I'm sure it must have taken a, a lot of work on your part to to write a novel in your spare time while you're while you're holding down the day job and then uh, 
just uh just oh it's it's in a lot of ways it's terrible because you've not got any deadline either so you never finish the damn thing (laughs) until you finally reach breaking point and think i can't do this anymore i've got to just send it out yeah um so yeah i mean that was i can't remember exactly how how much time i spent on that first novel but it was it was about two or three times as much as i spent on any novels after that yeah so maybe uh i i did see on your website you have the uh the godless world trilogy so maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh about uh that series and and maybe just a little bit about some of your other books and they're i guess they're all in the fantasy genre um yeah more or less i did um i've had five novels the first three of which are are in uh the godless world trilogy um and that's pretty straight up sort of um swords and magic fantasy in a fantasy world um you know what they what people sometimes call a big fat fantasy trilogy (laughs) um but it is kind of uh it's it's sort of loosely based on the sort of landscapes and the cultures and so on of Scotland to a certain extent, or at least Northern Europe. Um, and it was all quite wintry and bloody and violent and so on. Um, and after that, I did, I did a couple of, um, standalone novels, one of which was, um, actually the, the most recent one I published was again, sort of, um fairly traditional sort of magic and fantasy action um heroic fantasy type stuff the other one i did was called the edinburgh dead which is actually a kind of mashup of uh sort of detect historical detective fiction and horror and stuff that's all based on real life or real history um stuff that went on in edinburgh in the in the 18th and 19th centuries with um Burke and Hare, you've probably heard of Burke and Hare, who were so are so famous as body snatchers and murderers who were selling corpses to the anatomy schools in Edinburgh back then. Mm. Um and I've always been kind of into that that bit of history, so I, I did a a version of it that involved um all sorts of horrific going on goings on and zombie dogs and all sorts of things. Oh interesting. Well, I have to, I have to check those out. So I did, I did look at your website, but, uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't, I'm behind on my, uh, my fantasy literature reading. So maybe I'll, uh, maybe this is the motivation to get back into it. Well, they're, they're, um, they're not exactly, uh, inaccessible or anything like that. Maybe try, maybe try one of the, the standalone books. The two standalones are called The Edinburgh Dead and The Free. And they're they're not too they're not too long or anything, so they they can be quite snappy reads. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so, how did you uh, get into writing comics? Uh, this 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 is another one of these things that makes me sound bad um, <laughs> because I I got lucky again. I got when when the Godless World trilogy came out, I got a fan mail a fan email from someone who was just emailing me to say um how much they'd enjoyed the books and at the end of the email they <laughs> they happened to mention that they worked for a comic company and had I ever thought about writing comics which um 
I mean, to be honest, I hadn't really thought all that much about writing comics, but I was a huge, I've all, for years and years and years, I've been a huge comics fan. Um, I've, you know, I'm actually sitting now surrounded by bookcases that are loaded down with graphic novels and I've still got cupboards full of, uh, single issue comics from back in my teenage years and stuff. Um, so, you know, it turned out that um an editor at IDW was a fan of my novels and was asking me if I'd ever thought about writing comics. So obviously I said yes. Um and one thing led to another and I ended up being invited to to pitch for the the Rogue Trooper comic that I ended up doing for them. Mm-hmm. Which also I mean that that kind of that kind of was the perfect thing because uh that's a property from 2000 AD, the, the British anthology science fiction comic, which was a huge thing in my, my childhood was one of the, the formative reading experiences of my childhood was reading 2000 AD and, you know, Rogue Trooper and Judge Dredd and all these characters that came out of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something I'm, I'm not too familiar with, but I do hear a lot of my, uh, my friends in the UK, uh, talk very fondly about those comics oh it was it was i mean it's impossible particularly in america where i mean you guys have been spoiled for choice with comics for for decades but 2000 it's impossible to overstate how significant 2000 ad was for a huge at least one generation of sort of british kids um it was the it was a, a really formative experience for anybody who was interested in science fiction and all that sort of stuff, uh, especially Judge Dredd, but all sorts of other stuff that was in it as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so you've had you've had a some nice success uh, writing uh, both books and comics. So, how does the uh, from your perspective, how does the process uh, of scripting comics differ from writing a novel? Oh boy. Um, well, the, I, I should probably whisper this, but I don't suppose I don't suppose my uh, any book publishers are going to be listening. But <laughs> I actually prefer writing comics to to writing novels. Um, but it is it's a totally different. You know, the writing muscles you're using are are just completely different because it's. I think it's kind of a cliche to say it, but comic scripting is much more like. Um, sort of TV screenwriting or something than it is writing prose in a lot of ways. Um, and it's the, the, the pressure on you to sort of be economic with your dialogue and, and so on is just a completely different discipline than what you get when you're writing, writing a novel. Cause obviously when you're writing a novel, you want, you want every word to be there for a reason and you you try you the whole editing self-editing process in novels tends to be sort of cutting out huge swathes of text and shortening everything as much as anything but um it's a whole different ball game when you get into writing a comic and the only direct means you have as a writer of communicating with the reader is the actual dialogue um and you have to be so tight with it just because, you know, the nature of the medium, the art has to, has to have 
all the room to breathe you can possibly give it really given that it's a visual medium so you have to be so tight with uh, conveying information and character and mood and you know exposition whatever you want to get in there if you want to get it across to the reader directly it has to be in the in the actual dialogue as concisely as possible but you also have to be sort of communicating effectively enough with the artist that you can they can sort of convey their information to the reader as well because so much of it in a comic is isn't what i write it's what the artist does you know hopefully the artist understands what we're what we're trying to get across and if you're lucky to have good artists which we have on this transformers um book they can do so much of the work and they they in a lot of ways it's the artists who are communicating most directly with the readers um and that whole the whole team thing is to be honest it's one of my favorite things about the comics writing compared to the novel writing because you know back when i was trying to write that first novel on my evenings and weekends i was sitting in my pokey little flat somewhere tapping away on the keyboard in the dark on my own sort of thing for months and months and months and you get no feedback you get no you you've got nothing finished until you finish the whole book sort of thing um but with comics the just the sheer buzz of the whole process being so much faster and so much more compressed and so much more sort of interactive because you know there really isn't much many things better as a writer than getting up in the morning switching on your email and getting uh, emails with sort of jpegs of pencils or finished art or whatever coming in and that's constant kind of back and forth that flow is is something you just don't get with with writing prose and novels and stuff so it's a real buzz and it it's definitely definitely makes you feel slightly less lonely <laughs> very cool so uh, so it sounds like you you've developed a, a pretty good relationship with the with the new artists on the book well it's it, it's going touch wood it's going very well so far <clears throat> i mean it's this is this is quite a a tough gig that the artists have got. I think I've, I, it sounds like the kind of thing I would say, but I do think sort of pretty much without exception, as far as I can think, all the artists on the IDW Transformers books so far have been really good. Um, and the ones on this book are great. And it's, it's a tough gig they've got because, you know, you're working with, with characters that, aren't human obviously and don't even necessarily have particularly expressive faces or anything and you've still got to convey all this action and emotion and the character interactions and so on um and particularly with this book um being bi-weekly oh what do you call it bi-weekly is the correct term everyone gets confused about this fortnightly whatever <laughs> um you know the artists and the editors this is fine for me you know as as people often say the writer has the easiest job on a comic because it doesn't take all that long to put together a comic script and so on um but for the editors and artists working on a on a fortnightly book that's a pretty punishing schedule and they've got to be really on their game to keep everything flowing which so far you know it's worked really well mm-hmm so yeah, let's talk a little bit about your uh, your history with Transformers. So, uh, 
first of all, are you a fan of Transformers? Like, what is your history with the, you know, the toys, the comics, the TV show, the movies? Uh, have you been into that for, you know, before you got into the writing the comic? So that depends on your definition of the word fan, which is, you know, fan, fan is not as simple a word as it used to be when I was growing up. I've always liked Transformers. I, I'm, I'm a fan in the sense that, um, I've always been aware of them and, you know, things like the movies, some of the cartoons and so on. I've always been watching some of it. Um, but I wouldn't claim to have been kind of an expert or anything on for most of that, uh, time. The, the, the one, the one bit of it, I mean, it sounds a bit corny and like I'm, uh, I'm trying to curry favor with my bosses now, but the one, the one thing that I, I was an unreserved fan of and that I genuinely was reading as a fan long before I ever knew this opportunity might come up were the IDW Transformers comics, which when I, you know, somewhat at random, to be honest, I just thought they looked interesting and I knew they were getting quite good, um, quite a good press as it were so i gave them a try and i was i was honestly blown away by what this was particularly um more than meets the eye and robots in disguise it was back then um more or less at the start of those runs um and i just i really didn't think i'd ever read licensed comics that were as good as they were just as you know setting aside the question of you know, being about Transformers and the cool characters and all that, but just as comics in terms of the quality of the writing and the plotting and the art and all this sort of thing, I was just blown away. Um, and then of course, when, uh, when this, I, I wasn't current, I was, I was reading these as, uh, trade paperback collections so because i'm not really current on any comics nowadays to be honest it sounds <laughs> terrible but there's just too many of them so i do most of my reading in in sort of trade paperback collections months or years behind the current publishing schedule but um then i did this thing which i've uh, also happened to me when i was writing the novels really is that as soon as i knew this um this opportunity was coming up and I was involved in sort of pitching and so on for this comic series, I more or less stopped consuming Transformers material um, for at least a while. I will get back to it. But um, I've got this thing where, particularly when you're asked to be doing a reboot and stuff, I kind of... Uh, I have this gut reaction that um, I actually don't want to be seeing too much of what everyone else has done um, beyond what I already know sort of thing, just because I know that if, if I was, if I was still sort of avidly consuming the Transformers comics and cartoons right now, I'd be sort of constantly finding things that I thought I ought to include and things that, suddenly struck me as better than anything I could ever do and all this sort of thing. So I just end up confusing myself, um, which is exactly what happened when I started writing fantasy novels. Cause I was, I was an avid fantasy reader before that. But as soon as, as soon as I was actually writing the things, I, uh, my fantasy reading fell off dramatically. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know, uh, I knew a fair amount about the transformers before I got involved in this. Um, but I wouldn't have called myself a, a hardcore fan or anything like that. Okay. 
Well, how did so when so basically you you heard uh, that IDW was was doing a reboot and you were able to like just pitch to them directly? Is that how you you got the the new job? Yeah, I mean, with anything like this, when they when they're um, when they're when they've got a series planned um, of any sort, um, you know, the editors. This is actually the the editors on this book are actually not the same editors I've worked with before, um, but you know it's one of those sad truths that contacts matter to a certain extent and you have to be known to the right people to a certain extent to get yourself on the invite list when an opportunity comes up. Um, so, I mean, I've no idea actually how it, how it worked in practice, but I was just invited. I was asked if I was interested in the Transformers and I said, absolutely. Yes. And I was invited to pitch, um, outline ideas for what a reboot would look like if I got my hands on it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And uh, I just want to – so there's been some discussion online on, on various Transformers groups, but I just want to be clear because we want to we want to make sure this is uh, this is directly from the creator, that this is a full reboot. There's no connection to the previous continuity or universe. It's a, it's a completely new universe starting fresh, right? Yes, it is. I was uh, – the, the – the sort of terms of the, the terms of the project that I was invited to preach for were, were very specifically, um, no, no connection, no carryover from what's gone before. We're starting, I mean, not, not exactly from square one, given how, what enormous franchise the Transformers is and you can't change some of the absolute basics. Um, like you can't have them not come from Cybertron or that sort of thing. <laughs> but in effect, yes, it was starting from square one um, and coming up with some kind of take that would be a bit fresh, a bit different from everything that's gone before. Because um, to be honest, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do what people like John Barber and James Roberts were doing, um, in their series any better than they've already done it. So, you know, even from, from my point of view, that it wouldn't be terribly appealing to be trying to exactly replicate or carry on what they'd done because I wouldn't be able to do it any better than they've, they did on those series anyway. So, um, a reboot's kind of, it's what, it's what IDW and Hasbro wanted, and it's very much the kind of thing that I like as well. Mm-hmm. Despite some of the, you know, the explicit uh, stating of that in solicits and stuff, reading comprehension is very high among hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you you can sympathize with that to some extent. I mean, the yeah. the the it's it's a funny thing actually. I was thinking about it the other day. The because. There's a, there's a certain sus- natural suspicion, even I as a comics fan and a comics reader, I have a natural suspicion when some comics companies who shall remain nameless say we're having a reboot, we're having a relaunch. They've <laughs> right. got so many different words. Or, or you kill none a of which, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's so hard to tell sometimes what comics publishers are actually, <laughs> actually up to, even when they're saying, words like relaunch or reboot um but it's one of the it's it's one of the most well this might be given hostages to fortune might all go horribly wrong but it, it as far as i can see it's one of the absolute best things about 
the Transformers franchise and indeed the Transformers fandom is that there is actually a, a genuine tradition within this franchise of having reboots mm-hmm. and, you know, having hard resets and coming up with completely different continuities and different versions of the characters and the stories and everything. So in a lot of ways, I do, I do hope that it's a fandom that's actually much more receptive to the idea of having a, a real genuine hard reboot telling a new version of the story um, that genuinely does not connect and isn't tied into the previous versions you know because we're not kidding about that there's no there's no hidden sort of connections and so on there'll be all kinds of echoes but it it is genuinely starting the story telling a new version of it um and that's 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 not the kind of thing you get in superhero comics, for example, right. where everybody tends to be terribly hung up on, you know, continuity, what's canon, what's not. Um, you can't change this, you can't change that. It's all got to fit together and make sense somehow. Um, but I think the whole the whole thing around Transformers is a bit more flexible and open-minded than that in a lot of ways. Yeah, very, and that's definitely something we're looking forward to is, is seeing uh, what's going to be what this, uh, this new iteration will be and what, uh, you know, how the, how everything takes shape within this, uh, within the, within this new Transformers universe. So that's, that's something that's always, I think, exciting from a fan's perspective and, uh, within the Transformers, uh, stories. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, just a, a, a quick aside. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, the, the 2000 AD comics uh, as an influence. Did you, did you actually read any of the Marvel UK, uh, Transformers comics back in the day? Um, some, one or two, not, not regularly. I mean, to be honest, when I was reading, when I, when I kind of progressed beyond sort of, well, not beyond's the wrong word because it makes it sound, like a step up or something when i when i started reading um american comics or when i started reading comics beyond 2000 ad um i really i i did the i did the cliched thing of falling for superheroes hook line and sinker so i was pretty much a marvel and dc superhero reader comic reader after that for a long time mm-hmm. um and i really didn't read very much uk comics at all Mm, okay. Um, so, uh, one thing, uh, um, you mentioned already that the, this, the new series is going to be a, a bi-weekly or fortnightly, I should say, uh, series. So does that put, uh, I, I mean, you mentioned how that, that, uh, that is, is demanding for the artists, for the writer too. I mean, is it also difficult to keep a schedule for that for, for, so you've got to basically have 24 stories in a year ready to go? Well, that's the theory. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, <clears throat> barring unforeseen developments, that's the plan. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is genuinely much easier for the, for the writer than it is for the artists or for the editors. Um, cause there's just the time pressure that they have to work under is much higher. Um, but I mean, so far it's been, it's not been a problem from, from my end and, you know, so long as, so long as we can stay ahead of the schedule, ahead of the game, um, then it's fine from the writing point of view. I can see it, you know, if things start going wrong and 
I mean, I don't, I don't really believe in writer's block, but you can imagine, you can imagine if you get yourself stuck in a horrible hole that you just can't think your way out of plot wise or something like that. Um, then it could all start to get a bit more tense. But, um, no, from the writing point of view, it's, it's perfectly doable. Mm-hmm. And is, is that the, I mean, I, I, I think it's probably pretty open ended, but is, is that the plan going forward is to keep, keep it, uh, twice monthly for the foreseeable future as far as i know yes i don't um unless i've missed an email or something nobody's told me that there's any particular sort of plan to stop doing that at any specific stage um i mean you know i wouldn't i wouldn't want to say it's impossible but it strikes me as slightly unlikely that you could keep that up for five years or something like that but um, certainly, as far as I know, the plan is to go for it um, for the foreseeable future. Okay. So what uh, what excites you uh, about creating stories in the Transformers universe? And what what drew you to that? I, you mentioned you're, you fell in love with More Than Meets the Eye and Robots in Disguise, and, and we have as well. So uh, I'm curious what uh, like what what you're um, like, what your motivation is for, for jumping into the Transformers universe. Well, I. I- there's a lot, there's a lot, um, there's a lot that I, I think is extremely and unusually appealing about it all. I think, I mean, even before I was involved in these comics, and to be honest, even before I'd read the other IDW, um, stuff, I, th- I do, I've always thought there's a, there's a really strong, just basic visual appeal of so many of these characters. Um, they just are enormously, sort of striking and visually appealing if you're if you're kind of susceptible to that kind of thing so there's an enormous visual appeal to it which fits beautifully obviously with comics um but i think you know when you when you saw the stuff that um was going on in more than meets the eye and robots in disguise and all of that um it just, it's, it's so screamingly obvious that there's so many different things you can do with these characters and this universe and, you know, this basic setup. Um, whether it's, you, you can do the, I was going to say domestic comedy, but that's not quite the right word, <laughs> but you sort of, you know, you sort of know what I mean with the, the more than meets the eye lost light kind of, um, really quite, um, small scale at least at times very based on relationships and a lot of humor, a lot of um, emphasis on the characters and their interactions. But you can also, you you can use exactly the same characters and the same setting and even to some extent the same sort of storylines to do, you know, big dramatic epic science fiction. Um, and it's, it's one of these, it's one of these almost open-ended sandbox universes where the whole, the whole premise of the, the, the franchise in a sense is that this is a vast universe and a vast cast of characters and a vast, um, uh, story that takes place over, you know, X thousand million years or whatever. So the, the range of scales of stories that you can do in there from the really quite intimate all the way to the, the galaxy spanning millennia spanning stuff, um, is really unusual actually when you think about it. Cause most, most franchises, most, most sets of characters and so on are kind of geared to doing 
one or maybe two types of stories. Um, but the whole Transformers thing is just, it's got so much more scope within it to, to do your own, pick your, pick your kind of approach, pick your tone, pick your scale and just go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just to, uh, to get a little, uh, deeper into, uh, how uh, how you started crafting the series? At least we've we've noticed some of the art that's uh, that's been shown online uh, seems to indicate that it is um, like at least visually it's drawing from the current uh, toy line. I mean, it is Hasbro does uh, does license these out to uh, to promote its toys, so it it's uh, it's not shocking that you'd see like the the newest toy line that they've recently put out focuses on the War for Cybertron. So uh, clearly, it looks like. Uh, those character designs are being used in your comic as well. Um, has Hasbro kind of uh, asked you to to focus on particular sets of characters that, that are coming out, or have you uh, like how is how has Hasbro uh, or, or Hasbro through IDW worked with you to to craft you know where where your series fits in to their to their vision and and which characters you focus on, or has it been pretty hands off for you? It's, it's mostly been very hands off. Um, the, to a certain extent, the, the way the characters are depicted in the comic is slightly above my pay grade. But as I understand it, um, yes, most of the depictions are going to be based on effectively where there's a recent toy or an upcoming toy, then that will be um at least the base the starting point if you like for depiction um in terms of the actual um sort of uh cast and how that fits together with uh with Hasbro's interests and priorities they've they were ac- they've actually been incredibly um sort of flexible and open ended about um almost everything to do with the series and they genuinely you know the whole thing of this this does not have to explicitly and specifically tie in in a continuity sense with other stuff that's going on um but i mean they obviously don't want don't want it to contradict any of that too extremely um but the the cast is a kind of a mixture the way it's worked out of um some characters that I particularly wanted to include because they're particular favorites of mine or there are particular things I wanted to do with them and um some reflection absolutely of current toy lines and so on um but none of it's been at all prescriptive to be honest really it's been it's been a fairly um, easygoing and straightforward process sort of fitting different bits and different interests together. And I don't think the, the, the one thing that I think came from Hasbro and IDW and some, some, some extent me as well, um, was trying as far as you can to not get too carried away with having a vast cast right from the start because the, the there is a temptation when you've got so many cool characters and you know this you've got so many ideas for things you could do with lots of these characters you could really go overboard and and I think everyone involved wanted this series to be something that you know long time fans like you guys could 
find stuff in and see stuff in, hopefully some stuff you haven't seen before, um, but also something that would be accessible to people who maybe aren't quite as familiar with everything, all the stories that have been told and all the characters that have been used in, you know, not just comics, but all sorts of other Transformers media. Um, so to to a considerable extent i've tried to keep the cast relatively focused at least early on and it's you know it gradually opened well not that gradually but it it does open out quite a bit as we go through the issues um but the keeping that core cast fairly focused early on um was quite important and some of that cast is um is undeniably sort of a reaction to the the current toy line some of its ones i wanted to have in there um so it's it's a hopefully it's a healthy mix that balances everybody's um interests and uh, priorities cool and uh you mentioned uh like you uh you stopped reading the uh um the the previous series when you were when you were um focusing on uh, on pitching the new stories so um do you have a, i guess in your particular new vision how are you uh how i guess it's a, is a, it's a difficult balance to um to try and really avoid retreading uh you know previous ground and, and going in a different direction so how how mindful or, or conscious are you of that when you're when you're crafting the new stories and how, how uh, has it have you found that difficult or or uh has it been relatively easy to 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 make a separation well i the first thing is i rely on my excellent editors to tell me if i start repeating something too horribly precisely just because i didn't i don't know that it's been done somewhere else <clears throat> or by someone else but um i don't uh, so far i've not had too much of an issue of sort of uh, finding myself getting stuck in in repetition um but that's partly because i'm not i'm not too worried about um not exactly repeating stuff but i'm not too worried about echoing stuff because i do we do want a lot of this to be familiar in at least its outline, you know, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm trying, we're trying to put a new spin on it, if you like, um, and tweak various things. So there will be stuff that is kind of similar to, or, or sounds vaguely familiar to people who know all the past stories. Um, even if this is a slightly different version of it. Um, but I will, I will hopefully not be directly repeating anything. And if it's, if I inadvertently start doing that, I'm sure people will tell me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Starscream might probably end up betraying Megatron at some point in the, in your new series. Um, I think, well, he's Starscream. I think you might find out round about, I don't know, somewhere around issue eight or nine, Starscream is, uh starting from a slightly different position than he usually does. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> now I'm intrigued. <laughs> uh so just uh before we we uh, go a little deeper into the into the new series, I, I was curious. I know um Hasbro has got lots of different things going on, so I, I didn't know if maybe they were even trying to coordinate 
uh, with their, with their other media properties. Like, uh, they just recently announced a, a Netflix series coming out next year. Is, is there, was there any communication or coordination with you for like, uh, maybe having, you know, having the same time frame or same time period between that series and your series, or is it just like completely not on your radar? Um, no, it is on the radar. Um, there's been, uh, there has been communication, um, some of which leaks down to my level, but not necessarily all of it. Um, but again, it's not, it's not something that either we or Hasbro are sort of setting out to make precisely match up in any sort of continuity type way um but there is there's a degree of coordination absolutely about um sort of particularly about the timing of um how the comic series might actually you know we are thinking about where we might be in the comic series when that animation hits the screens and all this kind of thing um but there is uh there's no particular constraints been put on us um, in terms of having to match up in any particular specific ways with with that other stuff. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit deeper about the new series. So um, before we before we go a little bit further, I do want to mention to all the listeners. So this uh, you should be listening to this after the first issue of Transformers comes out. So we actually have read the first issue. So we might get into some small spoilers for the first issue. So if you haven't read it yet or haven't picked it up, you just might want to stop the podcast, listen or, you know, read the comic first before we, before you go any further. So. Absolutely. Stop listening now. (laughs) And then restart later after you've read the comic. (laughs) Oh yes, absolutely. Yes. Sorry. I left that bit out. (laughs) All right. So, so yeah, so your series starts, Really early. It's before the war. Uh, I mean, tensions are a little bit high, but it's Cybertron is still at peace. Um, but of course, you know, it's Transformers. At some point, there's going to be Autobots and Decepticons. There's going to be a giant war. So I was curious. You don't know that. You, you, you can't be certain. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair enough. I, I, I won't, I won't, uh, uh, I won't. We could have Guardians and Renegades. <laughs> well that that's for tom scioli we, we, um but so um have you how far i guess how far have you have you got things mapped out i mean as a as a transformers fan there are certain certain expectations like do you i mean i don't i don't you don't have to give an answer to this i mean i know this is this would probably give away the whole deal but um you know is there eventually a plan to, you know, push the timeline forward, you know, even going to Earth or, you know? It- so, look, the, there is going to be a war. You're <laughs> quite right. Yes. I don't know how you figured that out from the first <laughs> issue, but you're quite right. And I, I know how we get from the first issue to the outbreak of war. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say how long that's going to take. Um, but it'll take a, you know, it'll take a little while to get to the outbreak of war. I don't, as far as the earth thing is concerned, um, I at the moment have no, um, 
have made no specific proposal and haven't been asked for a specific proposal for how or when um, there would be any Cybertronian showing up on Earth, um, which isn't to say that, you know, I don't have ideas about how that might come about and so on and when it might come about, but it's not, it's not part of the sort of, it's not part of my currently projected, um, plans that I've actually got sort of got, got sketched out in my head. So although it absolutely could, can, and I imagine will happen at some point, um, it's, it's some way down the line as far as I'm concerned at the moment. Okay. So, uh, so how far ahead are you in writing? Like in terms of issues, are you on like issue six now or? Um, I was funnily enough, I was actually, I did some is- issue six today. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've done a bit of seven as well. So, um, and I've, I've been, um, I haven't actually scripted beyond seven, but I have what you would call extensive notes and an, an outline and all this kind of thing. Um, so, in terms of um terms of where my head's at it's in the second arc of the story at the moment um but i do actually have sort of third fourth arcs somewhere in my head i just haven't written the written them down yet <laughs> something that we've noticed as they uh, as we review comics is that uh, comic writing has become much more of a uh, written for arcs as opposed to every now and then you know you have just one off issues that just almost mean very little to the ongoing story, but um, everything nowadays seems to be written for the trade. Is that something that you've come across and have noticed as well, Brian, or is that something that has been, you've been told to do is write in arcs that can be transposed to, to trades? Um, <clears throat> I don't actually remember whether I was explicitly told to do it, but I mean, I'd be crazy. I don't think anyone can deny that you're right, that a lot of comics are written in arc form um and that that's i think that's partly um a response to the sort of rise of the trades i think it's partly a response to um i think it started um a while back partly because a lot of writers were coming into comics who were i think quite consciously trying to do comics as tv sort of thing they were very influenced by the the sort of structure and rhythms of tv um serialized tv and i think that had a slight effect in terms of making people want to write slightly longer form stories um that you know because of the way comics work tended to fall into four or five or six or whatever issue arcs um so it absolutely does happen and i i kind of as i say i can't remember whether that was actually an instruction. I'm not sure it was for this in particular, but it's kind of the way I naturally approach it anyway. Um, but I, I can, if it's any comfort to you, I can say we are absolutely going to have, um, single issue standalones that, um, do relate to the overall plot as well as arcs. So that does, that does come for me actually. Cause I mean, and, and, don't you think I missed the uh, the joke you made about me, Jeremy? I got that that I don't read well, um, but I did catch that. <laughs> what? No, no, that that was a comment to someone on Facebook. Oh well, I got that too. <laughs> um, but, 
but uh, <laughs> but uh, in the past, I have been, um, uh, you know, uh, people have told me that I don't I don't generally get the Transformers books because they go over my head, and that's that's true. Uh, all of them were were written very deep, and and I'm much more akin to a very uh, a very action packed book, and when everything's written for the trade. You get very long stories, very drawn out stories, and generally the the middle of these arcs are very boring um, for me. <laughs> so uh, they're always full of a lot of exposition and very little, very little action. So um, when when everything is starting to go to you know writing for the trade, uh, it becomes you know I want to read the beginning, I want to read the end, and and then the middle is is just. I can almost put it away because I know it's just going to be exhibition for uh, for stuff that's going to come later. But uh, I'm I'm very happy to hear that that uh, you're going to have some some one off issues here that are going to be you know almost written just for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you tell yourself that if it makes you. I'm gonna. Good. I'm Absolutely. Gonna, that's what I'm going to say. I'm saying, oh, here's the issue Brian wrote for me. Thanks. <laughs> Fine. I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right, getting back on track. <laughs> um, so yeah, so in issue one, we meet Rubble. So this, he's a newly born Cybertronian. He's our, he's our point yes. of view character. Um, he's mine. Yes. Uh, he's, he's a completely new character. He has, there's no, uh, uh he's not a, you know, a, a previously used character. Um, I guess it feels like you're, you're, you're using him as a way to give us the, to help the, to help us as the readers learn, I guess the ground rules for the Transformers in this new universe would that would that be a fair statement? Yeah, sure. The, it, there's there's a significant amount of that in there. Yes, um, he has um, he's there for particular uh, reasons to do with the plot as well, which will become more apparent in future issues. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The the idea of having um, a character who's discovering the world is a kind of obvious and easy way to create that impression of not only this is seeing something through fresh eyes, but um, giving you a nice excuse to do a bit of exploring of some of the, the wonders and the strangeness and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've already got a little bit of a tidbit because it, it seems that, that, uh, new Cybertronians get to pick their alt mode. So that, that's an interesting uh, wrinkle that you've introduced. Uh, so I, I, that makes me hopeful that we'll actually get rubble, uh, maybe a redesign in the new, in the near future. Even, I mean, even a new name. I don't know. So that's, uh, uh I'm just curious about the, the journey we're going to take rubble on. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I want all readers to feel like. So <laughs> you, you just carry on feeling curious and we'll, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> uh, I guess related to that, um, do you have a notion of Cybertronians having a, a quote unquote, uh, childhood? Is that, do you, do you see, do you see that rubble exploring that or is it? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit of a gray area because I mean, visually, Angel Hernandez I think that has done a lovely little design with rubble. Um, cause obviously that's, you know, all the visual side of things is, is very much not my area of expertise, but it's a lovely design because it does have something slightly childlike about the design. Um, but from, from the general point of view, 
there's he's certainly written i hope it comes across to be a bit naive um a bit um childish isn't quite the right word but you know he's new he's 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 innocent yeah exactly um so if if cybertronians have a childhood then i think it's as much it's not really a physical childhood as much as a psychological one um where it where you know their minds perhaps take a bit of time to mature um and to to get a sort of more adult grasp on the world around them and uh, how it all works mm-hmm and uh, we also notice in this first issue there are uh, there's some non-robotic life on Cybertron. So uh, will it, will we see more of that going forward? Yeah, um, the um, the uh, the Voin uh, scavengers were, are the ones we yes. saw. Yeah, there's there's some other varieties of um, organic life knocking around the planet as well, um, but the uh the Voin are uh gonna show up in um a few issues here and there. Um but I think in within the next few quite early in the next few issues you'll see a few other examples of uh um organic life um that's that's hanging around doing various different things on Cybertron. Mm-hmm. And we noticed that the, at least, uh, the, the Voin scavengers, they look, uh, you know, at least, except for the, I guess, octopus floaty thing, the, the, the car- the animals looked, uh, a little bit ape-like. Um, but, uh, it reminded us of, uh, I guess a character from the, the old G1 cartoon named, uh, Primacron. I don't know if, if your, <laughs> if your head went that way at all, or if there's any, or if that's, uh, if that's just a coincidence. No, that that's basically a coincidence. I'll tell you, the deal with the Voin is actually that the 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 squiddy thing in the globe is the Voin, and at some point I'll explain this in the comic, but I'll I'll spoil it for you guys. The the um the ape like somewhat ape like things are um kind of organic, genetically engineered, slaved um organisms that uh although they look a bit like apes they're not really sentient in themselves they're sort of subservient to the squid thing in the globe they're like its hands effectively oh interesting all right well, well you've made you've made me curious about that too so i guess we'll, we'll have to keep <laughs> reading for that it is neat to see um some more kind of unique sci-fi elements that i guess haven't been in transformers uh, show up well i think it's something i'm quite keen to do i mean well it it's it's going to be kind of bit by bit rather than bang 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 but i'm quite keen to to get little little bits here and there that just say you know this is this is science fiction and it can be quite weird sometimes and it can be quite epic and big scale and all this kind of thing so there'll be little bits here and there probably gradually building up as we go um that you know draw on the the sort of limitless possibilities of the kind of stuff you can have going in on in a in a science fiction universe Mm -hmm. and uh, we did of course uh i mean 
again, it's no surprise that we we see Optimus, well, not Optimus Prime, but Orion Pax and Megatron. Yes, um, as uh, as you know, f- very familiar characters in the Transformers uh, universe. Uh, yeah. So uh, one thing that I've that I did notice, uh, and it seems it's very conspicuous, is that. There don't really seem to be any uh, any faction symbols any any on anyone except for Orion Pax. So we see an Autobot symbol on his shoulder, but and Megatron does call him an Autobot. But uh, Megatron yeah. is not a Decepticon. He's an uh, Ascenticon, or he he's leading the Ascenticons. Yes. He's he's the sort of de facto leader of the Ascenticons. Yes. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm curious if we're going to get into more about the the meanings behind those faction symbols and and will they be very prominent in the series. Um, eventually, there will be very prom- prominent um, faction symbols for sure. Yeah, um, the the will. Be, there are um, some other characters knocking around um, in due course who have the Autobot symbol at this stage. Um, but the the um, idea with the the factions at the moment is that. You know, things aren't, things aren't quite as they, uh, as they sometimes are in the Transformers universe. Um, not yet anyway. Um, so there is absolutely an Autobot faction. Um, and there is an Ascenticon faction and there are one or two other factions, um, involved in, uh, in politics and so on on Cybertron. Um, but there, uh, there are no Decepticons yet. <laughs> well, you said that. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, I guess uh, it's it's also interesting to see because I mean, you do it does it does make it clear that we are in a a, a new uh, a new universe here because Optimus or, or I should say Orion and Megatron they are clearly not the same characters they were in the in the previous IDW series. So. Uh, you know, Megatron is not this, uh, this gladiator, uh, minor, uh, uh, you know, I guess, uh, lower class resistance fighter and Optimus is not a, uh, a police officer. They're both kind of political entities now. They're both senators serving in, in some governmental role on Cybertron. Uh, we do get in a little, as you said, a little bit of an echo of Megatron is dissatisfied with the status quo and he is agitating for change. So that's, uh, uh, that it's not uh, it's not a surprise to see that as a, as being you know a little bit of the the initial genesis for the the coming conflict um but it is we also did notice that in this first issue we have a, we had a, a different artist uh, just working on the on that particular scene uh which was uh, i guess Cache Whitman who was uh, and yes. and uh and we're curious how like going forward if uh if like We'll have kind of a parallel story in in future issues, or is like, are the, is the series kind of a single? No, the whole um, the whole idea is to have um, Angel and Cache splitting the art duties on individual issues. Okay, um, but it's all one story. Um, but um, it, it obviously makes sense um, from a visual and just from a flow point of view. To divide, um, to have them working on in, on sort of separate scenes if you're going to change the art inside the issue. Um, so they're not parallel stories. It is all one story. Um, 
but the the bulk of each issue will be Angel Hernandez, um, and Cache will be um, doing a few pages in each issue, um, which will usually, you know, will make it work by doing scene changes and stuff. Okay. Uh, we also, uh, I guess, in in previous announcements, they uh, IDW mentioned uh, Ron Joseph. Is he no longer working on the series, or is he working on it as well? Yeah, no, I believe he had to drop off for um, sort of for for reasons that uh, were to do with personal circumstances, rather than anyone on either side actually wanting him to drop off. Unfortunately, oh, okay. Um, so. Um, it's it's kind of a shame because um, he was uh, he was very up for it and uh, it's obviously a very good artist, um, but I think Cachet was always uh, going to be involved um, in the series at some point, so that involvement's just moved forward a bit, really. So it's actually been quite a smooth transition. Okay. Uh, I guess so. I guess one, uh, one additional thing to, uh, in the, in the story. I mean, it's, it's already been mentioned in the, uh, in the announcements that the, the, the initial conflict centers around a murder mystery. And we do learn the identity of the murder victim in this first issue, which was, I mean, yes. I, I, I will say, uh, reading the issue, you kind of figure out who it's going to be. And even that was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not, um, yeah, I think most people reading the issue will realize who it's going to be. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't actually been keeping up with whether anyone's been speculating online about who the murder victim might be, but, um, given, given that it was announced that a murder was a significant part of the plot, it's, it's not the kind of thing you can really make too much a surprise beyond who it actually is. Um, so I don't know whether, whether the identity of the victim will come as a big surprise to people or not, or a terrible disappointment, <laughs> or I don't know really. It's, it's just interesting because I, I felt like it was, um, simultaneously a kind of a nod to, uh, to more than meets the eye, readers or fans, and also just to say, okay, we're not going in the same direction. So, you know, Sorry if you were attached to that particular it, character. It, it, uh, yeah, okay. careful not to get into spoiler territory too much. But um, no, there is. I mean, to be honest, it, what it's it's not absolutely not the main reason for what happens happening, well, what happens to happen. Um, but there is, you know, in retrospect, there is a certain. It is a clean break sort of thing in mm. a way. Um, which, which wasn't uppermost in my mind when I was actually writing it, but it, you know, in hindsight, it does kind of work in that slightly symbolic way. Yeah. But I hope, I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't annoy too many people. <laughs> and uh, I guess, uh, you, you also dropped, I guess, two little, uh, little nuggets in this. I, uh, one thing that I, that I always appreciate in the, in the Transformers comics is the, is the amount of world building and, kind of, you know, expanding the universe a little bit. So so two little nuggets that I noticed that you dropped in this first issue were um were Termagax and The Rise. So uh yeah. anything you want to say about those two things <laughs> as we wrap up here. <laughs> so well the rise you'll you'll be hearing quite a bit about the rise over the next few issues. Um they're they're kind of um 
not a faction exactly, but they're they're a they're a bunch of Cybertronians up to no good. Um Termagax uh, uh will actually show up eventually. Um but that is she is the actual founder of the Ascenticon faction. Okay. So so why why it appears that Megatron's currently in charge of it is something that um we might get into before too long. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, I guess one thing I, I just wanted to quickly ask. So you mentioned, um, you know, you had, I guess you weren't, you were, you know, you had been aware of Transformers before and, and, done, and, you know, you've gotten into the comics and everything, but have you, have you collected any of the toys? Like, uh, do you, do you mess around with the toys or is that kind of? No, I've, I've got two, I think. I've got two Transformers toys. Okay. Which ones? Well, I'm just looking over my shoulder because embarrassingly I've forgotten what the, <laughs> you, you might be able to tell me if I describe it. I've got one, um, I've got a, um, a, a, an Optimus, but the other one is, I think, a Micromaster. It, I think it's a movie. It's a very simple little movie, um, Decepticon that's blue and turns into a helicopter. Does that ring a bell? I'm pretty sure it's a um, movie one. Might be a barricade if it's a maybe or not barricade. Um, blackout, blackout was oh, a that, movie helicopter. That might be it. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember. I was given it as a as a present. <laughs> if Hasbro does make a rubble figure, are you gonna buy a ton? Oh God, that would. <laughs> I could, I'd, I'd be surprised if it ever happens, but um, there are. I mean, there's a there's rubble's not the only new transformer i've made up for this um this series so if any of them ever turned up in toy form that would be quite remarkable really <laughs> um i guess so uh, one thing i mean uh so i don't know how how aware you are of like transformers conventions and the fan scene uh, do you have any plans yeah a bit okay um possibly probably not uh not involving trips to the US unfortunately mm-hmm. um at the moment but um there's there's there is stuff that goes on slightly closer to home that uh um I am in contact with people about shall we say okay. but nothing confirmed yet yeah so i guess tf nation is the big uh, the big uk yeah. convention there so yeah um all right. Well, we will uh, we'll keep our ears to the ground if there are any announcements about that. Coming, yeah. Coming well, I'd like. I mean, I'd like to go. Uh, I've done conventions before for for my novels and actually for the Rogue Trooper comic and stuff, and I mm-hmm. do like it. I am quite into that sort of the whole fan culture thing. So I'm certainly not averse to it. It's just uh, trying to make the the schedule fit with family and all this kind of thing. You know what it's like. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, I think we've uh, we've we've wrung you dry with the, with all the questions here. So thank you so much for uh, for. Oh, it's a pleasure. It yeah. was good. And uh, before we before we end things, we do have a we have a thing we do with all of our our interview guests called the rapid fire questions, where we kind of give you a gauntlet of uh, of yes no either or questions uh, just to. That's, that's a very that's a very confrontational way of phrasing it, calling it a gauntlet. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you can tell us at the end how how uh, how yeah, yeah, they think it is. It, 
if I hang up, you can draw your own conclusions about how it's going. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's get started. Autobot, Decepticon, or Ascenticon? Oh, that's good. Um, oh, probably, probably Autobot. It's a bit boring, isn't it? But probably. <laughs> and uh, who is your favorite Autobot? Well, um, that's 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 changing all the time at the moment because of whenever I'm whenever I'm sort of writing and thinking about some character or something, I get I get sucked in. I'll tell you who. I've got a I've got a bit of a chromia thing going at the moment. Okay. Uh Transformers live action movie 1 2 3 4 5 or Bumblebee. Okay. I haven't seen 4 5 uh no, have I? I might have seen 4 actually. I haven't seen 5 or Bumblebee. Um is Dark of the Moon 3? Yes. Yes. I'll have that. Yeah. 3. Okay. All right, you should really check out Bumblebee. It's a, it was a good one. <laughs> I know everyone everyone says it's really good. I will I will go and see it at some I will see it at some point. <laughs> all right. Uh More than Meets the Eye or Lost Light Robots in Disguise or Optimus Prime or Till All or One. Pooh. Um if I'm totally honest, I'll be fearlessly honest. Um More than Meets the Eye. Cool. Uh third party toys, yes or no? Uh, that's not something I know um, I'm up on, but I will say no. Okay. Uh, cats or dogs? Cats. Coffee or tea? Um, both in massive quantities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chicken or steak? Steak. Pepsi or Coke? Um, not too bothered, really. I can go either way on that. Uh, slight, slight Coke preference. Okay. Uh, Burger King or McDonald's? Burger King. History or science? Oh, that's, um, I would, uh, I would say science because that's, that's kind of my background, but I am a major history fan as well. So I'm sort of 52% science, 48 history. Cool. Uh, Xbox, PlayStation or Nintendo Switch? PC. <laughs> well, next question is PC or Mac? <laughs> ah, PC. <laughs> uh, iPhone or Android? Android. Uh, is there a phone app that you can't live without? Um, well, I don't actually, this, this is going to sound like I'm a total dinosaur, but it is a conscious decision. I don't run any apps on my phone, but, um, I do constantly, pretty much every day I'm using the Netflix app. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Marvel or DC? Oh God. Um, both, but. Again, yeah, not even 50, 51% Marvel, 49% DC. <laughs> okay, and uh, well, then who is your favorite uh, superhero character? I, w I won't specify either one, so you can think oh, of no, That's easy. That is Marvel. Um, I am a complete sucker for Daredevil. Oh, nice. Uh, Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Um, Schwarzenegger's movies, Stallone's acting. <laughs> Pixar or DreamWorks? Pick, nobody says DreamWorks to that, do they? <laughs> Have you really? <laughs> Pixar. Yeah, I guess we should, I guess DreamWorks is not a thing anymore. Maybe we should change that. No, I'm not sure. Like I, yeah. I'll tell you what. How to, I I love. I'm not. I'm not making this up. I love the How to Train Your Dragon movies. I think they're fantastic. But anyway, that's beside the point. Still <laughs> Pixar. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is your guilty pleasure movie that you'll always watch whenever it's on? Oh, 
I'm not sure. I wouldn't define. I'm not a great believer in guilty pleasures, to be honest. Um, if it's a pleasure, it's a pleasure, and there's no point in feeling guilty about it. Um, I mean, I will any time it's on. I will watch the Magnificent Seven, like the oh. the original cowboy version. Nice. A Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh dear. Um, actually, at the moment. I would, that probably changes over time, goes back and forth. But at the moment, I would say Star Trek. All right. Uh, Simpsons, Family Guy, or Rick and Morty? Um, probably Rick and Morty, to be honest. I like all of them, but I'm, I'm not really allowed to watch Family Guy because my wife complains if I ever put it on. <laughs> um, so probably Rick and Morty. Well, she complains about Family Guy, but not Rick and Morty? Well, I don't think I, I tend to watch that on um, my tablet. Ah, <laughs> but Family Guy's on TV here on whatever night it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Walking Dead or Game of Thrones? Uh, I've got uh, no. I won't start down that Game of Thrones. <laughs> I've got a thing about Walking Dead. Never mind Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. We have a we have a sports question, but I think I should probably throw it since you're in the UK. Uh, we 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 have a, we focus on American sports, but I, I can throw in. Uh, That's those, right, I can do American sports. Okay, so uh, NFL, uh, MLB, NHL, UFC, or NBA, and I'll also throw in uh, I guess the the, the Premier League. Premier League, yeah. Um. So actually, even including soccer, um. I don't really follow the American leagues, but as in terms of the sports, um, it's definitely, uh, hockey or basketball to watch as a spectator. Mm-hmm. Probably hockey. I was a huge, I was a big, yes. big hockey fan for a long time and <laughs> until my local team went bust and disappeared. <laughs> you've, you've made Daryl happy because Daryl's our, <laughs> our Canadian, uh, our Canadian host and is a big hockey fan. Mm. No, it's by far the best spectator sport as far as I'm concerned. Damn anyway. right. Fight and Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever come to TFCon Toronto, I'm taking you to a game, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it would be if I, if I, you know, if I ever did get over to a convention in the States or something, going to a hockey game and a basketball game would be quite high on my list of things to try and do. <laughs> uh, Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini, or Volkswagen Beetle? Porsche. Nice. Classic. Yeah, it's very classic. Uh, last question, blonde, brunette, or redhead? Ooh, personality. <laughs> no, no, no preference, so personality wins. That's that's a first. That's the first time we've got that answer. That's a that's a that's a very good answer. <laughs> your your wife must be standing right behind you. <laughs> no, but she is in the room next door. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for uh, for joining us. Uh, now that we're we're at the end, we should. I mean. We definitely want to encourage everyone to pick up the new Transformers comic series, but Brian, uh, maybe you can give us some plugs about everything else you've been working on. And also, I know you've got a podcast, so, you know, feel free to mention that as well and, and all your social media and everything. So have at it. Oh, thank you. Uh, I do have a podcast. It's, it's actually kind of 
um, a hangover from my previous life, my sciencey, environmentally, zoology background, actually. So I do have a podcast about um, strange and sometimes unpleasant, but always amazing wildlife and natural history and stuff called the wild episode, um, which is on all the, all the usual podcasting platforms, or you can find it at the wild Um, and I am on, I, I have my own website at brianruckley.com. Um, but if I'm totally honest, I I'm not very good at keeping it updated and so <laughs> on. Um, but I'm on Twitter. I think the Twitter handles are at Brian Ruckley, uh, at Brian underscore Ruckley, I think it is. Um, so I can be found there. That's it, I think. All right. And we will, we will put links to all those in our show notes. So that's very kind. Thank you. Yeah. So, so you don't have to furiously write it down while you're listening to the show. So, um, thank you so much again for, for joining on, joining us, uh, on transmissions. And we are definitely looking forward to, the new series. Uh, we will have a review of uh, the issues as they come out, so uh, look for that. Okay. You'll have to um, send me an email or something to tell me whether it's safe to listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the so uh, so we have another co-host. Uh, his name is Yoshi. He's uh, I I think he's the he's the one that's uh, that's going to be harder to please. So if you <laughs> mm-hmm. if you satisfied he's him stuck with the eighties Marvel. Comics, so. <laughs> Right. So, so if if you satisfied him, then you know your comic is is really good. So um, well, we'll see. Or it's yeah, just so. old looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the other approach. If it had been printed on really yellowing newsprint or something, maybe you would have been happy. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much uh, again, Brian. And uh, oh, thank you. Uh, maybe we'll we'll have you back on in the, in a few months to to check up on things and maybe see uh, see where the series is at that point. Yeah, sure. I'd be up for that. Cool. And, uh, and thank you everyone for listening to transmissions. Uh, um, uh, definitely pick up, uh, the first issue of the new Transformers series and, uh, crossing fingers, uh, that, that diamond continues, keeps up with the release schedule and, and really releases the books every two weeks. Cause we know you guys worked hard on them. So, uh, we've, we've had problems in the past with the <laughs> diamond distributors, uh, sometimes delaying our, our beloved Transformers comics. So we're, we're crossing our fingers that that doesn't happen with the, with the new series and uh, everyone uh, be sure to pick those up and, uh, and, you know, let Brian know what you think of the new series and let us know, give us some feedback and uh, we will, uh, we will all talk to you soon. So thanks. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Later. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Transmissions. But just because this episode is over doesn't mean the Transformers fun has to stop. Join us and other Transformers fans on our Discord chat server by visiting transmissionspodcast.com slash discord. If you would like to learn more about how you could support the Transmissions podcast, just visit transmissionspodcast.com slash support. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>